0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Today, this this fourth Sunday of Easter, is often nicknamed Good Shepherd Sunday uh, because this image of the Good Shepherd runs throughout the the prayers and the readings and the music of this day. Um, All day long, we've been uh, singing of the Good Shepherd. A Savior like a shepherd lead us. The Lord is my shepherd. Um, It reminds me of a story that um, I may have told before. It's a great preacher's story, I think, um, having to do with sheep and shepherds. Um, It's about a certain priest who loved to visit the Holy Land with a group of parishioners. And so every year he would try to take a bunch of people from his church and other churches and they would go and, and travel around the, the, the various cities and towns of Israel and, and try to get back in touch with, uh, with the, the biblical world and the world of Jesus and the prophets and of, of Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so this one year in particular, this priest had been reading up on sheep and shepherds. Um, he had also been to Scotland and he had observed uh, sheep in their Scottish natural habitat. And so he was eager to compare and see the sheep in Israel. And so we had read all sorts of things about this. And so um, it will shock you to know that this priest loved talking and uh, and loved telling stories. And so uh, he would tell the people on the tour bus over and over again about the habits of sheep in Israel and the way various flocks would move from place to place and the way a shepherd would move with the shepherd's sheep. And so this priest was extremely careful to always point out that the shepherd led the sheep. The shepherd is always in front of the sheep wherever they go. And it's just like the scripture reminds us. The sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd and so they go wherever the shepherd is leading, right? So they're riding along in the hill country toward Jericho and the people look out the bus window and they say Father look, there's a flock of sheep but the shepherd is behind them. The priest thinks to himself, it's always one, isn't there, in a crowd. And so he tells the driver to stop the bus. And he immediately gets out and goes and tries to see what's going on. Because for days now, he's been telling people that the way it works is that the the sheep always follow the shepherd. The sheep follow the shepherd. They hear their voice. and They recognize it. And they know the way to go. So he goes out to the man and he says, what's going on? I've told these people about how sheep and shepherds work. That the sheep always leads the man says, "Well, you're absolutely right. The sheep does the, the shepherd does always lead the sheep. I'm not the shepherd. I'm the butcher." Okay. Thank you. Uh, insert laughter here. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Um, I love that story. Uh, obviously, I think I've told it before. Um, the moral of the story: it's simple enough. Be careful who you follow. Be careful who you follow, Uh, whether you're a sheep or a human being. Be careful who we follow. I was talking with Alexandra earlier that I'm, I'm trying to, to do a little more on Instagram, and uh, you know it 's an, another social media platform if you don't know it um, and it 's all about following certain people um, and what i 've learned is is I can see someone pop up and then if with most people, unless their account is private, which always raises suspicion with me, why would someone want a private uh, account unless they're up to no good but anyway, uh, you, you can look at the person and you You can see who they're following. And so by who someone follows, you can tell a lot about the person, right? Um, If you look at who I'm following, I'm I'm following a couple of coffee shops. (laughs) Uh, I'm following a lot of things having to do with Mexican churches because I've seen some and I love a bunch. Um, And so you get a sense of kind of what I'm interested in and what I like by what I follow. Um, It's like that in life too, isn't it? Whether we get behind a particular political campaign or a cause, uh, when we follow it, uh, whether it's a team, it, it tells something about us when I was meeting with the three people from the search committee from this church of about three years ago now and they came to Washington to interview me um, I was a little bit afraid of, of Inez Lambert because she hadn't talked a whole lot and she presented herself as, as a sort of scary person you know. Um, and so finally at lunch we were a little more relaxed and she looks at me and she says, okay, here's a big question Yankees Mets, or you don't care. She didn't say you don't care. She used another phrase, Um, (laughs) and so I said, "Well, uh, how about answer C?" (laughs) Um, That sort of was okay for her, but she was trying to gauge who I was by who I followed. Do I follow the Yankees? Do I follow the Mets? I don't really follow either one. That tells her a lot about me. I assured her, "It's still throw a party." Who do we follow? Uh, we have that question um, in the political world. Um, a lot of us don 't really want to follow anyone these days we 're mad at everybody, but we have that question whether we work or, um, or whether wherever we, we live our lives there are, there are possible mentors, possible leaders that we could we could position ourselves as following behind. Um, Who do we choose? How do we choose? Well, the gospel today reminds us of an old, old way that people chose Jesus. It was by listening. It was by listening for his voice, listening for the love of God in the words and the life of Jesus. Um, I love to remind myself that that word obedience has very little to do with following a law or following a list of commandments. But obedient comes from the Latin word, ob audire, um, to listen, audire, like audio. And so being obedient to something or someone means listening, and then acting on that listening. If we're obedient to God, to God's word, to God's um, invitation of love, it means we're listening. We're listening for the words of Christ, for the love of Christ, in everything and everyone. And then when we hear that word, we latch on and we follow it wherever it leads. This is that famous passage today where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep will know me because they'll recognize my voice. They'll they'll hear me, call them by name. Obviously, for us to listen, we've got to. For us to hear, we've got to listen. We've got to be quiet from time to time. We've got to um, allow for a little bit of silence, a little bit of space, a, a little bit of in between, um, so that it's not ourselves that are always making noise and and covering up, but that we can sort of allow ourselves that that moment, that second, perhaps, of vulnerability, of openness, so that we can actually hear Christ. And then we can respond. In 1954 in Rome, um, there was a, a wonderful woman named um, Sophia Cavalletti. And she was an authority on, on the Hebrew scriptures and teaching all scriptures. And, and she was a churchgoer. And so a woman from church brought uh, Sophia Cavaletti, her child, and said, I want you to teach my child about Jesus. And Sophia said, well, I don't know anything about children, and I'm not sure I can teach about Jesus. And the the person said, well, no, 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 you know all about all things. You know about scriptures. You can teach my child. Here he is. Teach him. (laughs) Well, Sophia Cavalletti grabbed a friend, uh, Gianni Gobi, who knew all about Montessori teaching. And so the two of them got together, and they began to think about how to teach a child about Jesus. Um, how might Montessori methods inform um, Bible stories? And so together, they, they took some time, they prayed, they sat in silence, and they came up with um, a program, um, a way, um, called the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Um, catechesis is just that old-fashioned word for teaching about church, about Christ, um, you know, learning, uh, and so they came up with this method that is focused on this very, very simple story of Jesus. That Jesus is the good shepherd. And so the, the very youngest children are, are given um, little sheep to work with. And then they, they meet a shepherd who goes into the sheepfold. And the smallest of the smallest are, are told that really that's all they need to know. Is that there's a shepherd who looks after the sheep. And the shepherd loves the sheep. And the shepherd would do anything for the sheep. And the shepherd is Jesus. And so the children sort of make the connection themselves that they too are like sheep and that Jesus loves them and calls them by name and and will protect them. And the older children are taught about the wolf on the perimeter of the sheepfold, that that the shepherd is the good shepherd and will protect them from everything and everyone, especially the wolves of the world. And again, things aren't always made explicit for the children. There's that, that Montessori trust in, the, in the, the wisdom of the child and, and the teaching of the inner child. And so the child learns with the Spirit of God and makes these connections. And amazing things happen. This program has grown, as you might imagine, throughout the world. A few years ago, a few people tried to begin a catechesis of the Good Shepherd at Holy Trinity. It takes a lot of dedication from a couple of adults, and so uh, perhaps we'll do it again one day. We'll see. Um, but there are a collection of, of stories that come out of these various places around the world that teach and, um, and welcome children in the name of the Good Shepherd, And I was reading some of these stories the other day, preparing for today, Good Shepherd Sunday. And um, I came across this one story about a a catechesis of the Good Shepherd program in the middle of a city, in, in the middle of a very poor neighborhood. And so the, the atrium, the classroom, did what it could to, to encourage the children to, to try to get this message across that, um, that there is a good shepherd. And the good shepherd loves us all, loves each one of us and calls us by name. Early on in this program of learning, children are invited to, to learn about baptism, to learn about Holy Communion. And so that's a part of what goes on with these children and their learning. And so one day, this one little boy came to the atrium, the classroom, and he had his suitcase with him. And the teachers knew that things weren't always that good at the little boy's home, but they didn't know what was up with this. And the little boy just looked at them, and he said, um, I was told never to come back, and so I came here. And he put his suitcase down. And so one of the teachers immediately went to somewhere else in the church to try to find someone who could help and who could find resources. And the other teacher just sort of trusted that the little boy came to the right place. And she, she welcomed him and, um, and just told him he'd, he'd be okay. And then she watched out of the corner of, his, of her eye as the little boy began to work with some of the things in the room. And he went over and looked at one of the sheep and picked it up and played with it a little bit. And then he went over to their tiny little baptismal font. And he took a pitcher of water and he put his hand there and he began to pour water in his hand. And he said, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I don't know how that story ended. I don't know if um, he found a place to stay that night or a place to to live or a family to go home to. I don't know. Uh, But what I know from that story is he knew where to go that day. Um, He knew that there was a place where he could remember that he's like a sheep. And there is a good shepherd who calls us by name and will never let us fall into harm. The gospel message, though we embellish it with candles and music and pomp and ceremony, it really doesn't get any harder than that. That God has made us, God loves us, God calls us by name, and God will never let anything happen to us. On this Good Shepherd Sunday, may the Holy Spirit allow us to to renew our own faith in the risen Christ and to trust that the Good Shepherd has us and always will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.